Good morning, guys. Welcome to Emma Audio. So, <clears throat> yesterday I posted a picture of a couple eating spoons that I'd carved. Um, just really simple spoons. And Ruben Gobi and Sasha Lakoven got into an interesting uh, conversation where they were just saying how much they liked the design and how... Um, and how, uh, how did Ruben put it? I think he said part of its freshness was how in it was how it was not trying to be fresh. Uh, it was just a simple egg-shaped bowl with a simple tapered handle and a rounded end to the handle, and that was it. Um, and, um, you know, but that within that very restricted palette of design, it, it got all the details right. Um, and then later on yesterday, Sasha got in touch and asked if I'd do this podcast, basically revisiting the design podcast and talking more about that interplay of aesthetics and function. And, and, and the interesting thing is I think we can set aside. So the other thing that I, in the previous podcast, I talked about three things that, need to go into all of my spoon designs, and that's form, function, and feasibility. We decided on feasibility as being the third F. Um, right, so does it look good? Does it work well? And then the feasibility part, is it is it easy to make? Um, and those three all intersect with each other. And and while, you, while when I design a spoon, I can't really tease out the feasibility part because it's baked in, and in many respects, it has been the instigator of many great design details and um, not only the instigator but also sort of design details that feel more like an organic part of the spoon as a whole because the detail is there for a reason right so when you see a detail on my spoon I think part of why it feels good is that the detail is there um, like, like the bump down that I do at the neck that sort of forms this sort of beautiful little semicircle. Um, when I started doing that bump down, it didn't form the semicircle. And then I realized that as I pulled down loose facets on the handle, that I could make those loose facets form the, the outline of that semicircle, right? So that neck detail wasn't something I was chasing just to have the shape. The neck detail flowed from the fact that the, that the bump down on the neck was helping me separate what needed to happen to the rim from what needed to happen to the handle. So the beauty of the detail, at least partly, lies in the way it, and the way that it feels sort of organic to the whole of the spoon, lies in the way that its creation had a purpose other than me just wanting to see that shape. Um, and I think about that a lot with all of my spoon designs, that they need to have an organic reason for their form. And so in that way, the feasibility uh, informs the, the form. Now, the function part is where it gets really interesting because uh, a spoon shape is an incredibly subtle thing. And finding the, in, the overlap between how something works well and something that is easier to carve is one of the things I delight in most. So a good example of this is my rims. I realized at some point 
that I was wasting a lot of time and experiencing a lot of failure in the spoons that I was carving by trying to make the rims perfectly even all the way around. I was doing that because that's what I saw other carvers doing. It seemed like every spoon I was looking at, the rim was perfectly even all the way around. But I realized that all it takes is one little wobble with the knife and then all of a sudden your eye, all it can see is that wobble because you're giving your eye the expectation that everything should be perfectly even all the way around and then it's not. And what I realized was that if I let the rim be fatter at the tip and taper to be narrow at the sides and then somewhere in between back at the back shoulders, that that was much easier for me to adjust because my eye wasn't looking for a perfectly even thickness to the rim all the way around at that point. My eye was simply looking at the taper. And as long as the taper looked good, then it looked good. And that that was much faster and easier to achieve. And it had the side benefit of making a spoon that was both stronger at the tip where you need it and narrower at the sides where you want it to be narrow so that you don't feel it as much on the sides of your mouth when you're pulling the spoon out of your mouth. So that was stacking all of those functions together. It was easier to carve. It looked more precise. It worked better in terms of durability and it worked better in terms of how it felt in your mouth. Those four things together made for a really potent design element of a number of my spoons. Now, certain of my spoons, uh, largely the round forms, I do try and have there still be an even rim all the way around. So it's not that I take an idea and run with it with absolutely everything, right? Not all my spoons have the bump down, but certain spoons have developed the bump down because it has proven to be helpful in the process of carving the spoon. So that's what I look for when I am considering a spoon. I'm looking for how does it interact with my body? How does it interact with the bowl? How does it interact with the food? How does it interact with the pan or the pot or whatever? And then I'm looking for um, how does it interact with my eye? When I look at it, are there things that I can do to it that make it more pleasing? Um, And in this, how it interacts with my eye, I tend to think of it in terms of um, in terms of curves and corners. And that for me is a, a, simply a shorthand way of saying if a spoon is too... <clears throat> I used to say it, that if a spoon was too cornery, had too many corners, that it felt sharp and unpleasant. And if a spoon didn't have any corners, then it felt blobby and amorphous. And so there's always a there's always a tension that you want to pull between having corners and curves. Now, as I've gotten better with my control, again, the feasibility part of things, I've realized that it's not that I want sharp corners. Most of the time it's that I want uh, corners that were sharp that I knocked down to being just slightly rounded. And that that's actually what I'm interested in. Um, and the way I think about it now is not so much, I mean, I still talk about curves and corners to students because it's just a simple way to grasp it. But the way I think about it with myself now is that I'm looking for a balance of energy within the spoon. And that if a spoon has 
no interesting details, then, then there's nothing really to see and you get bored. And if a spoon has too many details, then it detracts from its quality as a whole and you start seeing the details and not the spoon as a whole. And I always want to see the spoon as a whole and feel like it's fresh. Now, going back to Ruben's point about the freshness of these eating spoons being in them not trying to be fresh, I think he's right. But I think a great deal of why they feel fresh, it has to do with not trying to add anything, but it also has to do with how much I am able to take away. And this gets to the feasibility. Part of, I think, what sets uh, my work apart as I've been going forward is that I've been able to achieve more and more delicacy while still maintaining appropriate strength by having complete control over where wood remains and where it is removed. So, for instance, I keep the center of my spoon bowl the thickest and then it tapers out to the rim on all sides to become thinner. And I have found over time, as I've carved spoon after spoon, that I can make it thinner and thinner and more delicate, but I also know the limits to go up to. Now, partly that's because I've exceeded those limits at times, but at this point, it's not because I've exceeded those limits, it's because I've started at something chunkier and worked my way down. Now, that doesn't mean that more delicate is always better, but it means that within any given design, there are parts that should feel delicate and parts that should feel strong, right? So if you look at my cooking spoon, for instance, it has a handle that feels strong because it's wide, but it's not particularly deep, and so it feels delicate. And it feels strong in terms of the bowl being the right strength in the center, but it also feels a little delicate because of how delicate I'm making the rim. Now, I'm not making the rim on my cooking spoons as thin as I'm making the rim on my eating spoons, but I am making it thin enough that it feels delicate. So, I want my spoons to feel surprisingly delicate yet surprisingly strong. And that always starts from a place of having them be thicker and shaving them down and shaving them down. And as I develop an eye for exactly how thick the material should be, both to achieve appropriate strength and for the appropriate sort of aesthetic delicacy that my eye wants to see, I can get closer to that delicacy right off the bat. But one of the things I think people are misjudging is how much material is on my blanks when I start out. My blanks are big. There's plenty of room for the spoon within them. And my process is all about removing excess material as quickly and in stages as possible um, so that I can keep my options open about exactly where the material should remain while at the same time clarifying and clarifying and clarifying the form. And that's how I can very quickly go from a bit of wood to a finished spoon that is quite delicate and almost never experience catastrophic failure to the spoon. 
So all of that falls under the feasibility part of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things I think Sasha was hoping I would talk about is about how do you decide what looks pleasing to your eye? Because, uh, you know, I certainly carve spoons, particularly forms that have that I haven't carved as much, right? So like an eating spoon, I mean, my eating spoon is still walking around a bit, but the more you carve a form where you're basically trying to carve the same thing you've already always carved, but just make it better, the more it will slowly evolve over time to settle in to the proportions and shapes that you find pleasing. And so the forms of spoons that I have carved the least are still the loosest in my mind and most apt to walk around. And the more and more I carve them, the more I get a very clear sense of, oh, I like this, but not that, or this was slightly better than that. Um, and it really helps to lock that in and helps me get a sense of, okay, I want, I want this when I look at it from the side, and I want this when I look at it from the top, and I want this in terms of delicacy of the rim and how it tapers out. Um, and all of those things slowly lock into place over time. But I think, at least for me, the key is to is the iteration. It's trying to carve the same thing, but better. And that but better is a really important part. I could carve the same spoon exactly time after time after time. But with each spoon, I am pushing myself to get just a little bit better than the previous one of that type that I can remember. Um, and that evolution over time leads me to much greater understanding, conscious understanding of what I want um, and how to achieve it. So, gosh, I could go on forever, but I think think we should wrap it up there. You know, it's, it is, I'm a big believer in forms that, <clears throat> in forms that have some sort of energy to them. And so the trick, and sometimes very, very simple forms can have energy to them, but there's always a matter, there's always a feeling of intention that comes with the simple forms that have that energy to them, that it's possible to carve a spoon that is very simple, but sort of lacks that energy. And, and generally what it is, the, the, the difference between those spoons and spoons that are just as simple, but have the energy are in the little details that demonstrate that the person carving them has absolute control over what happen. This is something that Daniel Lundgren, Storce Lloyd, has demonstrated for a while now and that I've always admired is that his forms can be incredibly loose, but you can tell from the forms he is achieving that he has control over what it is that he's doing. And so it can be loose and still have that energy. Um, and that's something that I aspire to. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you have a request for something to talk about more, please let me know. I'm always happy to. Thanks so much.